Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus you want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, we are back. What's going on, Zach? Zach, two weeks in a row now? What's yeah. up? What's going back on? How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good, man. We are going to go over, there's a bunch of new free agent signings, a couple of trades that happened we have to get to that we're also going to get to a little bit of a dynasty rookie preview we're going to go over what those top you know six seven picks are looking to me looking like to me right now like kind of definitive for the most part especially super flex leagues a little bit of a preview for dynasty running backs we are coming out with the dynasty rookie draft kit coming out very shortly we're both working on that working very hard on that uh right now that's going to be out very soon um, but you know, we just want to kind of go over a lot of these signings that just happened. A couple big ones. I know Zach is uh, very excited for one particular uh, signing, or actually trade, I yeah. should say. Um, why it don't we just like go ahead and hit that? Go ahead and hit that right now, dude. Brandon yeah. Cooks uh, traded to the Cowboys for a fifth round pick, twenty twenty three this year, and a sixth round pick in twenty twenty four. I think I got that right. Yes, that's right. And like you said, it feels like a signing because that's like nothing. When you talk about capital moves to, to acquire Brandon Cooks, this is perfect for both parties. Like Brandon Cooks gets to be off the Texans. When he signed that contract down there, I think it was a, was it a two or three year contract originally with Houston. I was like, he's going to get tired of it so quick because they're not going to be contending anytime soon. And that happened. And Dallas was actually offering a third round pick for Brandon Cooks before the trade deadline last season. So this is a huge deal for them. Um, it's a He's going to be a fantastic wide receiver too for them. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. That's what a lot of Cowboys fans are saying. Um, they're upset about it, but I, I'm cool with Brandon Cooks. He's a really nice compliment to C.D. Lamb. You know, DeAndre Hopkins would have been more of a 1B to C.D. Lamb's 1A. But Brandon Cooks, he could be a nice wide receiver too, and he he does it all. So I'm looking at a huge upgrade for him, especially from a fantasy perspective. You talk about where he was in Houston. He was pretty much not relevant, not only because – the quarterback situation is terrible down there, but also because he just didn't want to play. He was missing time, not just because of injury, but also because 
he was holding out at that point. So this is a great deal for Brandon Cooks and the Cowboys. It's going to be really nice. I think that Brandon Cooks ha- has definitely wide receiver two upside um, going into next season. I think he's going to be a really solid wide receiver three play and moving into 2023 as things stand right now. I think so. I think you hit a lot of hit on a lot of good points. I mean, Brandon Cooks, he still got it, man. He's still a very yeah. good wide receiver. Matt Harmon just did a recent profile on receptionperception.com on Brandon Cooks, and he's still cooking. Okay. And he's looking as his name he's, would still, imply. he's still a good wide receiver. Uh so as a wide receiver too in Dallas, this is great news for him. Again, you mentioned two things. Number one, quarterback play. Absolutely terrible. Number two, no no motivation. Like every right. single week. It's almost like we had to wait until Brandon Cooks decided that week whether he wanted to play or not. And a lot of those weeks where his quote-unquote wrist was hurt, I don't really think that was the case. I think it was yeah. just a lack of motivation and the team going to shit. Uh, and the Texans, you know, wanting that first overall pick. But, you know, Lovey Smith had other plans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a true, he's a true bear <laughs> at heart, yeah. right? Uh, giving that to the Bears, and the Bears, Bears went ahead and got a haul for that. Uh, so thank you, Lovey Smith, if you're a Bears fan. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think I think this is a great signing, a great trade for Dallas. Like honestly, with the with the draft capital they gave up, um, I think this is might this might have been the best possible scenario. And I'm including a potential Hopkins trade. I'm including a potential OBJ signing because you're getting you're getting like, yes, is there a drop off from Hopkins to Cooks? Yeah, but you you were you were probably going to give up maybe another two rounds ahead of what you gave up for Brandon Cooks. You might have get, have given right. up a third-round pick uh, for Hopkins, and you would have had to pay him more as well. Yeah. So I think this is a great situation. Uh, I think Dak can, you know, keep Brandon Cooks, you know, relevant. Michael Gallup is unfortunately dead for fantasy. He was borderline dead last year. And, uh, oh, I want to hear it, Zach. Zach yeah. has something to say here about I Michael Gallup. Say- I would say maybe not. And I'm optimistic about Michael Gallup for a couple of reasons. One, last season he looked bad. He was coming off that ACL. He wasn't 100%. We had higher hopes for him, but he just wasn't there. As a wide receiver, too, that's not his place. But if you remember, way back in 2020, when Michael Gallup was wide receiver three on the offense, when Dak was playing two, he was very relevant. He had over 1,000 yards, if I'm not mistaken. I think seven touchdowns. He was the second leading receiver, I think, on the team. So... He's going back to that role, essentially. He's not going to be working with the top corner because, you know, CeeDee Lamb runs in the slot most of his routes. He was outside playing the top corner, coming off an ACL this season. It looked bad. It's going to be a completely different scenario this season. He'll be on the outside, not drawing the top coverage. Brandon Cooks could potentially pull that top corner while CeeDee Lamb continues to operate out of the slot. He'll be looking at cornerback two, cornerbacks further down the depth chart covering him. I think we could see a little resurgence here because this offense clearly is going to be good. I don't think they've gotten worse at all. So I think that with Mike McCarthy calling plays too, it'll add a nice layer of complexity to it that's going to make it more difficult for defenses to handle. And I think Michael Gallup could be a bigger part of the offense than he was last season, especially with Kellen Moore out. What about from a fantasy perspective? Do you see yourself potentially starting Gallup as a flex play you know, next year with both of those wide receivers healthy? I could see him as a flex play. I want to see how he looks, obviously. I won't be starting him week one as a flex play, but... I'm optimistic that he can get to that point this next season. I'm not sure he's going to get there, but I'm definitely optimistic. So I wouldn't just like drop the ball. Like you said, he's dead. I don't think he's dead just yet. I think we still have a pulse 
and when you could get him, uh, he could get back to relevance and actually be somebody that you start in your flex spot. I think that is kind of his ceiling, but he could be a really strong flex option on a week-to-week basis, depending on how things shake out. But I, I think that him returning to that role that he played in before and he actually excelled in could actually do him some some good. I think Cooks will potentially garner, you know, a 22, 23% target share. CeeDee Lamb potentially 26, 27% target share. And I think Cooks is, has wide receiver two upside uh, on yeah. this offense next year on a weekly basis. Quarterback upgrade, off- offense upgrade, all that. So I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. Uh, we'll oh, see yeah. what the what the Cowboys do if they want to make any other moves. Uh, they just traded away Dalton Schultz uh, over – no, I'm sorry. They didn't trade away Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz was a free agent. Yeah. Um, but they did not – Resigned Dalton Schultz. Uh, Dalton Schultz went over to the Houston Texans. Um, you know, this is a situation where I, I, I have a feeling you might be a little bit of a fan of Jake Ferguson. Am, am I am I right? Like, do you think yeah. that Jake Ferguson can potentially, you know, turn into a productive tight end in this offense? Because if you do, we're looking at four decent, uh, like a like a group of four good pass catching options for Dak Prescott. Right. If you're not counting Tony Pollard. And he's a good pass catch, pass catching option too. Now, for me, I, I think you know that I'm a fan of Jake Ferguson because I actually, if you were paying attention to the Cowboys account, when Dalton Schultz signed with the Texans, I put out a post that said, breaking, it's Ferguson season. So, you know, it's cool. It's time for Jake Ferguson to get his um, opportunity. The only thing that might stand in the way of that is Dallas could draft a tight end. And a bunch of people have been mocking Dallas to draft tight ends, which would be terrible for Jake Ferguson's stock, obviously. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Are you trying to make an argument that there's going to be too many mouths to feed in this offense? Are we, are we no. bringing this back to Michael Gallup, or what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I I think it's pretty much guaranteed that C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks are going to eat. Yeah. After that, as far as the receivers go, you know, it could be a little iffy because there might be too many mouths to feed for guys like Gallup and 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 um and the tight end and Pollard. Uh, but listen, at the end of the day, I was a fan of Michael Gallup. You might be right. Maybe he wasn't 100% last year, full year to recover. Hopefully he could kind of regain some of that form that we saw in the past. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I could see the, the, the Cowboys draft a tight end. Now, when do they draft a tight end? Um, in this particular class, it's tricky. So if I were the Cowboys and I'm looking for a tight end, I would draft a tight end. Because this is the class to do it in. Um, now, does that mean that that rookie is going to get opportunity year one? No, probably not. Because that rarely ever happens. But I think this is a scenario where um, it's possible that, you know, Ferguson can get his shot. And we'll see if he's running a route on majority of dropbacks. That's like the main thing we care about with tight ends. And if that's the case, then he has a shot to still be a top 12 tight end a tight end one this year uh even if there's you know quote unquote too many mouths to feed right and and like it's, we've talked about the tight end landscape the way it was last season and going into even this season being barren so he definitely has that opportunity but it kind of reminds me of the albert o situation in denver last season where it was like this athletic tight end hadn't had a whole lot of playing time low low draft capital if i'm not mistaken ferguson was like i think it was a sixth or seventh round pick so this isn't a fantastic option, you know. As Ferguson far as, you was know, a Ferguson was a fourth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Let me think. If I don't know my own team's draft, that's pretty bad. But yeah, round four, yeah, okay, one twenty nine. Uh, yep, still pretty low. But you know, it just it's reminds me. It reminds me of Albert O. 
just because he's no, athletic. I hear that. We saw the play, and we saw the same thing happen with Alberto. He, he had some splash plays, and we just got to see if he gets used. I think he's going to be utilized as long as they don't draft a tight end. But if I know my Cowboys, they'll take a tight end. I just have a feeling. <laughs> well, listen, Ferguson was relatively efficient last season. Um, he only yeah. had you know, a handful more than 20 targets last year. But top six in yards per route run. It was Okonkwo, Chagosium Okonkwo, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, McCall Pruitt, <laughs> George oh. Kittle, and Jake Ferguson, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth. So, you know, he's surrounded by some good names there. So if you, if you extrapolate that efficiency – he could potentially get it done with more targets. Um, so that's kind of what you're hoping for. If you're a Cowboys fan and if you want to depend on him for fantasy, I, I, as of right now, he's somebody that you should be taking shots on in best ball, in underdog drafts. Um, even when the, the draft comes around, even if the Cowboys do end up drafting a tight end uh, in the third, fourth round, he's still worth taking a shot on because like that third, fourth round rookie isn't going to see the field a whole lot, most likely. So right. Still, somebody I, you know, if you if you really want, if you really love Jake Ferguson, you hope that the Cowboys do take a tight end that early because then that will potentially suppress Jake Ferguson's draft ADP just by a little bit in in drafts in this season. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, it's you know it's worth noting that he could do some things this year. Uh, we, yeah. we we know that Dak Prescott li- likes his tight end. He specifically liked Dalton Schultz. Uh, but mm-hmm. even when Dalton Schultz got hurt in the past, we've seen you know uh, Prescott look at the tight end's way, especially in the red zone. It's been that way for Dak's entire career. When it was Witten, you know, when he was a rookie, and then Blake Jarwin for about two years in between when they were, they were bridging to Dalton Schultz and then Dalton Schultz. He's just a tight end targeting quarterback. So I think whoever plays tight end is going to have plenty of targets to go around. But Jake Ferguson's go. the first athlete that we've had at tight end in a long time. Agreed. Dalton Schultz. And that's why I don't love Dalton Schultz in Houston, because I think Schultz was a little bit of a product of his environment. You know, you know, he had a quarterback who loved throwing the tight end. He's not a superior athlete. You know, that's what you really want out of tight ends. He's gotten better after the catch, but lately he hasn't been, you know, so like in the beginning of his career, he wasn't an after the catch guy. Middle of his career, he was an after the catch guy. And then after with his injuries lately, he hasn't he has not been an after the catch guy. So All right. what is Houston getting? They have a quarterback issue, obviously. We'll see what they do at the, at the position there. But uh it's it's risky. You know, they have other tight ends behind him, like Revan Jordan and some other guys who could potentially eat into his routes, right? There's no guarantee that Schultz is getting hundred percent of those routes. So Right. Schultz is not somebody I'm super interested in next season, even, you know, if if it's a late round pick, like, you know, even if Schultz is going like, let's say two rounds after Jake Ferguson, I'd much rather take the shot at Ferguson personally. Oh, yeah. No, we talk about upside all the time on this podcast, especially with fantasy. You know, Dalton Schultz, I'd say, has like zero upside on the Texans (laughs) where you look at Jake Ferguson on the Cowboys. It's going to be a much better offense. He's an athlete. Dalton Schultz isn't. Dalton Schultz is probably going to be working with a rookie quarterback. Not probably. Definitely. Like, it's just not lining up. I'm looking at a season for Dalton Schultz. It's going to be like maybe 400 yards and four touchdowns. He might have one week where he shows up on the radar. He'll make number 16 on our waiver wire list, and then he'll go away again. So I feel like that's going to be the case for Dalton Schultz. It's just not a good situation for him. He actually got screwed because he had an offer sitting on the table, I think from Dallas, a multi-year offer. And he turned that down 
and he failed to cash out, and now he's just signing pretty much a prove-it deal with the Texans. Was that a midseason offer? I think it was. It might have been a midseason offer. I didn't hear about it during midseason. I heard that Dallas actually gave him an offer leading up to free agency. Oh, I see. And that oh, I see. he turned that down because I think he thought Oof. he was going to get more on the market, and then he didn't. So brutal. Brutal. I think that that's the best case scenario for Dallas. I didn't want them moving to get him back at all. You know, I think that Jake Ferguson needs to be brought into the light for, for fantasy football. That has to happen. Man, that's brutal. All right. Uh, yeah. So the Texans is making more news. They signed Devin Singletary there, right? So uh, Damian Pierce has a little bit of a running mate here. Now, I will say that Damian Pierce is a lot better than Devin Singletary. I never thought Devin Singletary was a great back. Uh, I right. honestly think he was relevant because he was on a great offense on the Bills, an offense that no team ever expected you to, them to run the ball. But when they did, Devin Singletary was able to be efficient in terms of yards per carry, but not so much yards after contact, missed tackles forced, stuff that he actually has to do himself. Uh, he wasn't really that guy. So I don't think this really affects Damian Pierce a whole lot. Um, now, we have to keep in mind that Damian Pierce is a fourth-round running back. He's a day-three running back, which means that a team, the Texans, have not invested a whole lot in Damian Pierce as of right now. And if history is our teacher, we know that those type of running backs can be replaced despite them having a great rookie season, which is why if I can get a first-round rookie pick for Damian Pierce, I will do that. Now, right. this year, if I am in a situation where I have a win-now team, I might not do that. I might keep Damian Pierce, depending on what kind of – is it a late first-round pick, that sort of thing. But uh, it's for, I'm, I'm totally – Totally digressing here. Like, just turn, just turn into a dynasty conversation. Meanwhile, we're trying to talk about Devin Singletary. But I'll say this: there is a possibility that the there is a possibility that the Texans take a running back on day two to right. complement Damian Pierce. Maybe a pass catching back. Maybe someone like I always talk about. I always say Kenny McIntosh because uh, like he's like the guy <laughs> That's your pass like, catching back. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's like the guy who's like good enough on early downs, uh, but really good as a pass catcher. Let me think. Maybe Evan Hull, like super late, you know, someone like that. They can get in the fifth, sixth round. Um, maybe someone like Eric Gray, potentially from Oklahoma, could potentially do something like that. Because because they kind of need somebody who can fill in on third downs, a good a good pass blocker, um, you know, who can fill in for Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is a good pass blocker, but do they want him to play an every down row? I don't know. That that's to be determined. Um, right. If it's, it, like again, like like I said, if history's our teacher, probably not. They probably want somebody. And this was this was another regime, you know, in terms of coaching staff, that that is you know is dealing with this draft compared to last year, right? So something to keep in mind. Uh, keep in mind. Um, are you looking at the Singletary signing as anything significant more than I am? I don't think so. You know, Devin Singletary, he got a little bit better last season in terms of pass catching and Damian Pierce wasn't pass catching running back, you know, so maybe, maybe they brought him in as insurance. I don't think, I think this is just like a filler signing to make sure that they're not left dry. If they don't get a guy that they want in the draft, you know, they're just going to bridge him in. They're going to bring in Devin Singletary. And then if they have to roll with him, that's fine. They'll use him. If not, they don't have to, you know, they can cut him if they want. It's going to be interesting. I think this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I like Damian Pierce. I think that he can handle uh, three-down workload, but we'll see how that goes. I, I think that Devin Singletary, if he does end up, you know, playing through and being on the team, um, come 
the season. I, I think that he's going to get some touches. I think he's going to vulture those touches just enough from Damian Pierce that we're going to be sitting there thinking, is Damian Pierce or wide uh, receiver two? Is he an RB2 this season every week? Every week is be like, are we going to rank Damian Pierce in our top 20? I think that's the situation we're looking at. Damian Pierce, I think he's going to have his weeks, but Devin Singletary, I think, I don't think he's going to have his weeks, but it's going to be that vulturing situation where he's not going to be a consistent fantasy starter, but he's just going to be dragging down Damian Pierce. So <laughs> I I don't like this signing from a fantasy perspective at all. Of course. But, um, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The hope is that it's just a depth signing. That's the yep. hope. But, you know, Singletary was a starter this last year, and it's possible that he does work in a little bit. But, you know, his deal wasn't all that crazy. It was a one-year deal. So nothing That's true. why it doesn't scare me. If it was like a two-year deal, that would be something. Yeah. But one-year deal, this is just, like you said, depth. They're not going to try and play him a ton, especially not over Damian Pierce. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. The other big news, Adam Thielen signing a three-year deal with the Panthers. Dude, how old is Adam Thielen? I think he's 30. Adam Thielen, no. No, he's not 30, Zach. He's 32. And guess Holy what? Crap. Guess what? Adam Thielen is turning 33 years old in August. His birthday is August 22nd. That's okay. crazy. And he just had a three-year deal. His deal's up when he's 36, bro. <laughs> well, it's this... really up when he's 35 because it's the seasons. Yeah, but still, like, yeah. the Panthers, I don't know what they're doing here, dude. Like, this is, this, in my opinion, what is the point of this deal? Like, are they maybe they're trying to bring on a young receiver and Adam, Adam Thielen can, you know, do whatever he can yeah, mentor. to help mentor that receiver. But is he worth this much money? Like, were there other teams lining up to sign Adam Thielen to this type of deal? I don't think so, dude. No. So this is the way I kind of look at it. And we talked about this a little bit before we got on the podcast. It's there are no receivers that I don't think any rookie quarterback is going to throw to want to throw to. Um on the Panthers roster before this signing happened. I guess maybe this is like their go for broke, just try to get somebody to throw to on the roster. Like Adam Thielen, he scores a lot of touchdowns, but I think that was partly because he was working alongside Justin Jefferson. I don't know what he's going to look like as a wide receiver one. He's never ran as a wide receiver one in the NFL. So he's done well, yes, but this is a huge contract. You know, not it's not like huge where it's like, wow, that's a lot of money. It's just like, for a guy this age who we haven't seen as a wide receiver one, like I think this is just a way that they don't leave their quarterback, whoever they draft at one overall, completely high and dry. I think this was just get him a weapon that he can rely on, a veteran that's going to be able to get open 
and not leave the quarterback just stranded on an island with pass rushers coming to his face because none of our receivers can get separation. So that's the way I view this. I think Adam Thielen, for that reason, he's going to be heavily targeted. I want to see if he can hold up. He, he gets injured sometimes. But I think that if he does, he could be a wide receiver three for it. I think he could be a flex play with a little wide receiver two upside each week. Um, but this is just an early projection. And like I said, I don't know how good this offense is going to be. So I'm pumping the brakes here on him, but I think I understand why they signed him. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I it does make sense. You know, and, you know, his target share, you know, since like 20, what was it, 17? He's It's been above like 27% up until like the past two seasons. But and that's that's obvious, right? Because he's getting old. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree. Like if he's the wide receiver one, you know, you kind of have to pay attention. Uh, injuries have played him a little bit lately. Um, you know, I don't think this is a situation where I'm drafting Adam Thielen based on the opportunity that he might get, right? That that perceived opportunity as the wide receiver one on this shitty team. I don't really want to draft them. Like, what round would you feel comfortable drafting Adam Thielen in? Like in a regular redraft 12-team league? In regular redraft 12-team you- league, I'd say seventh. I don't know. That's pretty far so back. So if he's there in the seventh round, you 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 would you would grab him. I, I, see, I'm not looking at the whole board right now. I'm just picturing. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking there are a lot of right, receivers you know I would take ahead of him. You know what I mean? I'm are you gonna, gonna? Listen, I'm gonna pull it up for you, dude. Because yeah. it, it, this is a situation where, like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I, I, like, it's almost like I don't care what the price is. It's like it's it's, it's come to that at this point. Honestly, where you don't care, you're um, not gonna take him regardless of price. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's a trick question. You can't ask me when I'm taking him if you're not going to take him. No, okay. I guess so. I guess that that's that's a fair point. But okay, let me let me tell you who the wide receivers are uh, in in his range. You you said six round. You said I said seven. Said seventh. Did you? That was just off the top of my head. No, no, no. No, we'll listen back if we have to. We'll listen. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, Either way, it's going to be atrocious. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Deontay Johnson, Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, Jahan Dotson, Quinton Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Jordan Addison, Corlton Sutton, Brandon Cooks. Well, Brandon Cooks is probably going to go up. Yeah, Brandon Maybe. Cooks is going up. Jacoby Myers. Okay. Yeah, Zay Flowers, Here, Michael Thomas, Juju. Okay. Here, hearing those names. How, 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 how do those names sound to you? I think that actually sounds like a good range. I mean, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Now, the whole reason I say this is because Adam Thielen, he's obviously going to be the wide receiver one, unless they go draft somebody, which they're not going to. They're taking a quarterback with the first pick, and then they have no picks these next two years. So I think he's going to be the wide receiver one. So that guarantees him, as long as he's healthy, 80, 90 targets. And I think that's going to get him enough volume where he's going to be relevant with guys like – I mean, we'll see how Kadarius Tony does um, because Juju isn't there anymore. I'm not sure what the Chiefs' plan is at wide receiver right now because right now they have Kadarius Tony's guy more and that's it. But I think that range is right where I expect. Like, we know Gabe Davis is hot and cold. I think that Adam Thielen is going to be not hot and cold. I think he's going to be consistently average to a little bit below average. But he'll have his weeks. So I think that range kind of fits him. If I were going to take a random shot like I just did, say seventh round, I I think that makes sense. I would be targeting him there maybe if – that would be like the highest I would target him. I'm not targeting him like, oh, yeah, grab him. You know what I mean? I get that. I mean, and I, I don't, I'm not mad at you for that, honestly. Like, I might take shots at guys who are a little bit younger, like Rashad Bateman 
Or, you oh, know, yeah. obviously, if Brandon Cooks is there, that's easy. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, his price is going to be amazing next season. I can't wait to draft him. Um, but, yeah, like that that's – yeah, I, I don't know. It's really tough for me. Now, let me ask you a question, man. Now that – you know, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. You know, he lost Juju. Do you think he's going to take a step back now? I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, good I'm question. We're not nice going there because th- this I'm, is the question we, we raised last year with Tyree Kelly. Yeah. And it did not make a difference, except Patrick Mahomes just got better. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> as long that as Mahomes has – uh, Maybe if Kelsey leaves, then maybe I'll reevaluate. But that was a, uh, lean on, yeah. a shot. That was a shot at myself for speaking <laughs> such blas- blasphemous hey, things last season. We all did. And every year we have the conversation, is Patrick Mahomes worth it in second round of drafts? Like redrafting that kind of thing? It's like, yeah, he kind of is. Because he's like the QB one or two every week. It's hilarious. Let's see. What else? We got Deontay Foreman. I don't even remember if we talked about this or not. But he's signed with the Bears. Let's talk about it now. Deontay yeah. Foreman. This is, you know, when, when David Montgomery signed with the Lions, you know, everybody shouted from the rooftops saying Khalil Herbert season. Yep. Right. But we have to keep in mind again that Khalil Herbert, what was he, a six round pick? Something like that. All right. I'm going right? to look it up on you this time. Let's see if I yeah, got look, it. Look, look it up, up on me. <laughs> um, But yeah, like, you know, he, he's a late round pick. So it's like, are we really going to depend on those type of backs? Like, I totally understand his first two years. Sixth round. First two yep. years of his career, very efficient, very good. And but these are the type of running backs that get replaced. Straight up. Okay. Yep. And you know, we're getting to a point where a lot of these running backs that I love coming out and I call them sleepers are the guys that the following year I'm telling you to sell. Because a lot of these running backs end up getting great having good rookie years because they fall into opportunity. Right? We're talking about guys like Khalil Herbert. Damian Pierce, uh, the guy on the 49ers, whatever his name is, because I don't Elijah remember Mitchell. anymore. He got, Elijah Mitchell, because he got replaced by Christian McCaffrey. But these guys are going to get replaced. And remember, like they almost, if this guy was any good, um, you know, Tyrion Davis Price, who the 49ers drafted in the third round, if he was any good, he would have he would have replaced Elijah Mitchell. They attempted to replace him. So the the same thing could happen with Khalil Herbert, but even before the draft, they ended up signing Deontay Foreman, somebody who, listen, when you get to the goal line, who are you putting in? Deontay Foreman or Khalil Herbert? Yeah. You're putting it goes without saying. Yeah. Right? And Khalil Herbert, you know, isn't a big back or anything like that. And he's a good, he's a good back. He fits this system very well. I think that's part of the reason why they were happy or they were okay letting Montgomery go. I don't think Jamal Williams fits that. Oh, I'm sorry. Jamal Williams isn't there. But, like, uh, for some reason, I think I thought they did a swap. But no, it's funny because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you said Deontay Foreman. I was like, now he's competing with Jamal Williams. It's like, no, wait, he went to the Saints, not the Bears. Yeah, you know, you're right. This is a true running back carousel this offseason. Yeah. Um, a lot of running backs. Everybody's going moving. Place. And then you got Miles Sanders going to Carolina. But this is a situation where I think Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert can easily split, you know, on early downs, 50 50. And someone like Tristan Ebner can get some opportunity on passing downs. Or the Bears go ahead and sign or draft another running back yep. in the third round, in the fourth round. I could see it, right? They don't have their featured back anymore. So they could spend some draft capital to get that featured back. So I would be surprised, dude. You know, so like 
keep this in mind, you know, because we don't want to declare winners too early in the offseason, especially with guys who don't have the draft capital. Right. I mean, do you, uh, this is just something that I came up with in my head right now. Is, do you think Deontay Foreman could bring that two running back system over from Carolina and kind of make the same thing happen here with Khalil Herbert and himself? Like, think about it. Like, we had Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, both good running backs that were doing their thing, but there just wasn't enough snaps to go around where yeah. either of them would be perfectly fantasy relevant. I could see that happening in Chicago. You know, obviously, if Khalil the Herbert. Bears, if the Bears improve that offensive line and, and they've started at that they, they started season. Mm-hmm. but uh the carolina's offensive line is one of the best in the league i think they're probably top seven eight i would say offensive lines in the league um so and they still are by the way so miles sanders that's one thing he has going for him this year as well because i think all five starters are coming back this season so yeah on, on the offensive line so that's good news for miles sanders but I think Deontay Foreman definitely took advantage of that. Chuba Hubbard took advantage of that. They don't have that in Chicago right now. So uh, I don't know. Obviously, Justin Fields and his running ability helps and, you know, those type of, you know, play actions and, you know, um, you know, is this if if I would assume they install more RPO this year as well, Um, you know, his his their offensive coach is somebody who's very well known for RPO coming out of college. Uh, so I would think that they do so, do some more of that, and these running backs will benefit. But from an opportunity standpoint, I don't think Khalil Herbert is going to get enough opportunity for us to be super happy about it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. That that's what that's what it's going to be. I don't have a whole lot to say about Deontay Foreman and the Bears backfield. I I'm not a fan because I did kind of like that Khalil Herbert was going to get more carries, but now it's just all clouded. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not sure how I feel ab- about this yeah. backfield just yet. I do want to see about this draft. Obviously, we could project whatever we want right now. They draft somebody, everything changes. Now, so it, I do think, yeah, I, I do think that Khalil Herbert. If I had to choose a back, you know, to say like who's going to get more big plays, that sort of thing, I think I'll choose Herbert because mm-hmm. um, he's shown efficiency the last two years, and you know Deontay Foreman coming back after that Achilles injury and doing his thing, so he's a little bit of a positive test case for you know for you know coming back from Achilles. You have to wait a couple of years, but it could happen. Seems like, um, but yeah. but yeah, like this is not a situation where you're like, oh, I'm drafting Herbert in the top five round. All right, let's see what's going on next. We got Damian Harris signing with the Bills. I think that's the last signing we, we need to go over. Um, you know, this is an interesting one, right? Because it, it's a similar situation, except that James Cook has the draft capital kind of backing him up a little bit. Second round draft capital, right, right. Uh, in Buffalo. You have Devin Singletary leaving to Houston, and they bring in Damian Harris within the, within the division. But Damian Harris, I think he's a better back than Devin Singletary. Now, the issue here is that Devin Single, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Damian Harris hasn't been able to stay healthy, right? I think that's been his main concern over the past couple of seasons. He's always been a talented back, couldn't stay healthy. Last year, Ramondre obviously took over that backfield with Damian Harris banged up the entire year pretty much. He would come back, get hurt, come back, get hurt. Right. Um, will that continue? Possibly. And because of that potential, potentially happening again this season, you know, James Cook, could see some major opportunity this year. Now, if Damian Harris starts the year pretty healthy, I could see this backfield being, you know, split, you know, more than we want if you have if we have James Cook. 
Right. Uh, but I'm not sure that James Cook is somebody that I'll be overly investing next season. Um, I wouldn't be. I won't even be surprised again if the Bills brought in another running back. It seems like they're search. They drafted James Cook. They're still searching for a running back, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they brought he's, in Naheem Hines. Right? Yeah, is Naheem Hines still there? He's still there. Uh, he just took a pay cut. He just restructured his deal. Took a pay cut, and he's staying on the team for another year. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, that's a lot. That's just too many running backs in a backfield again for me to say that James Cook is going to be the guy, especially with Damian Harris. Like you said, I do think Damian Harris is an upgrade over Devin Singletary. So at this point, the competition has only gotten better for James Cook. So now it just seems like it's going to be more of the same. And James Cook might be relegated to passing downs. We thought that would be Naeem Hines last season. That never happened. For some reason, they traded for him in the middle of the season. It looked like he was going to get that work, and he didn't. <laughs> so that was a little mm-hmm. confusing. But with Damian Harris, he excels in the run game. That's about it. But he can run very well. He runs hard. If he plays, I think we're looking at the same type of season for James Cook again. It might just be sitting here like, why isn't he getting the workload that we want him to? It's just because they're holding him up. They don't feature yeah. a run game hardly at all in Buffalo. And and you know, he, honestly, like he's he's a little undersized. You know, like he's he's right at that two hundred mark. You know, I think he came in at the combine at two hundred four or something like that, which was great news. Right. But like. I don't know what he's playing at. Is he playing at? He's probably playing at less. Like I don't think two or four is his natural size. Um, no. So my assumption is that you know he's not playing at that weight. He is you know a leaner back, and we've seen that last last year. He he was a he's a lean back. He's not a big back, so he's not an every down type of guy. Uh, so bringing in Damian Harris, like from an NFL perspective, it makes sense. You know you have that big body to shoulder most of the load, and then you have James Cook coming in and getting the type of carries where he can be efficient. Right. Um, but I think he maxes out at like 15 touches a game, um, which is which would be a great thing for James Cook. I would love that because mm-hmm. I, I can see three, four of those touches being catches. Um, but at the end of the day, like this isn't great. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills draft a running back. I really right. wouldn't. Would, would James Cook ever be able to do you think you said he's a smaller back? Do you think he'd ever be a three down back on any team? I think he think- could be a three down back. I just don't think he can be an every down back. So I look at guys like. Think about Tony Pollard's role last year. Like, even though right. Pollard isn't a small back, but like, think about his role. That's the role that I envision for James Cook, you know, mix in on right. early downs and be the passing down guy. Like, that's that's really all I want. You know, I, I don't need a whole lot. You know, 15 seven to 17 touches, you know, with a big portion of that coming in the pass game. I would love that. Um, I think, you know, you always look at a guy like Austin Eckler as like the poster child of this, you know, yeah. smaller five, eight back, you know, I mean, you know, James Cook is a taller guy, but like, you know, you have a smaller back, you know, doing a lot, right. Austin Eckler still like, even though he's a fantasy monster, he doesn't play more than 65% of snaps. So right. as long as you can be efficient, I'm happy. Um, and James Cook is that type of back where he can be efficient. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for. And on a really good offense, you can kind of hope for that. And you can kind of depend on that. You can be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. And I think, you know, I might end up doing that in drafts depending on his price. Um, But it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm curious to see where he's going to underdog drafts right now. James Cook is going off the board relatively late. Actually, he's going off the board in the eighth round right now, which isn't bad at all. That's, I think that's a little high. You know, I think that might have been because I don't think the market has adjusted to the Damian Harris signing just yet. Because that was overnight last night. Just like Brandon Cooks. Hey, listen, that if, he's really in the round, if he's in the eighth round right now, I'm cool with that. 
All right, that's an interesting take. I don't know. I don't know if I trust that just yet. I think you might be able to get better value I, I don't out trust of. It. <laughs> I, I think you might be able to get better value out of a receiver in the eighth round, but that's just me, like an Adam Thielen. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm kidding. Adam Thielen, dude. I swear <laughs> to God, I cannot wait until we're having Adam Thielen debates in like a couple months. Oh, so when these ADPs adjust after the draft, and Adam Thielen is still their wide dude, receiver one. It, it's I funny. Can't wait. It's funny because we say in a couple months, and it seems like a while away. It's coming fast, like. It's it already almost a draft. We're like a month away from the draft. All right. I want to get into real quick. There's two major wide receivers who could find new landing spots, and that's OBJ. He needs a landing spot. And then DeAndre Hopkins, he needs a new landing spot. Right. What do you think are the best landing spots for these two guys? For Odell, <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, I want to say the Ravens. If I were talking just overall, looking like and a are good we assuming, receiver, I'm, I'm assuming that you're assuming that Lamar will be. Yeah, involved. assuming Lamar is there. If Lamar isn't there, then it's not obviously not going to be the Ravens. But if Lamar's there, which I still think that's going to be the case, it's just really weird. It's been super quiet on the Lamar front, but we're going to leave it at that. It's been quiet. If he stays, Odell going to the Ravens is the best option for him for fantasy-wise. But if he wants to look like just a good receiver and compete for a championship, the best spot for him to go would be the Jets because Aaron Rodgers wants him and if Aaron Rodgers wants him then he gets him because that's just how it works nowadays <laughs> that's what Apparently it's gonna be. It yeah so what do you think Apparently do you think he'd have a better landing spot elsewhere yeah I think two teams that clearly need a wide receiver are the Chiefs and the Bills um and I and you know th those are easy answers uh but also you know I think Minnesota like on the low could use a wide receiver as well um now I don't know if they're willing to give up anything but the Bills, like, they, they need to replace Gabriel Davis, right? Like, that needs to happen. So I can see Hopkins going there. I can see OBJ going there. Uh, same thing with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are desperate. And the Chiefs, I think, reportedly are interested in Odell services. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see. I could see that working out. Odell, he looked good in his, his workout, apparently, according to, you know, people who were there. And him pairing up with Patrick Mahomes, I think, would be pretty fantasy relevant. Uh, but I think those two landing spots... And, you know, it sounds kind of weird. You know, those are two great offenses, but they, yeah. they both it's, these teams need wide receivers badly. Like, funny the Bills to think have about. nobody yeah. behind Stephon behind Diggs. They have nobody. Like, Gabe that, Davis is nobody. Last year, at this point, I would have told you that – at this time last year, I would have told you that Gabe Davis was somebody behind Diggs. But he's just not consistent enough. Well, and not only that, they had Jamison Crowder. They had uh, Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie. You know, yep. they, they ended up drafting um, – Khalil Shakir, and you know, Khalil Shakir might end up being their slot guy. Who knows? Um, but you know, that would be nice. I would like that to happen. But yeah. you know, in terms of anybody established, they don't have anybody right now. So they desperately need that person. You know, Stefan Diggs was recently on the shop on LeBron James show, and like, you know, he was talking about like how he just can't figure out why they can't get over the hump. Like it's like it doesn't make any sense to him. And I think a second legit wide receiver would mean the world to that offense. I really do. Yeah, it would. But also a big reason they can't get over the hump is because they're playing against either Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes every time they get to the divisional round. So that's also a big yeah. reason. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's tough. They have yeah. rounded out receiving court yeah. besides the Chiefs. But it's it's funny to think, like you said, that the Chiefs and the Bills are these two teams that don't have rounded out receiving course and the Chiefs are coming off the Super Bowl. <laughs> like that. that's just funny to think about. The Chiefs right it now, is. they have they – have, do you think they're in – I mean, obviously they have Travis Kelsey, but in terms of wide receivers on the roster, are they competing with Carolina for, like, the least secure 
receiver room right now. One, I mean, 100%. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, brings that delta up a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, if you're talking strictly wide receivers, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't say so. You have Sky Moore, you have Kadari Stoney. Kadari Stoney can't stay healthy. We don't know what Sky Moore is at all. I mean, do they right. still have, they have Marquez Valdez Scantling still? They do. And he was kind of a hero. Was it the divisional round he had that big game? Yes. So, but he's not going to be, you know, a consistent contributor. He's going to be a spot contributor. That's where he's going to, you know, make his role. So that is interesting to think about because imagine like if the Chiefs draft like one of these receivers coming out of the draft class, like big body Quentin, Quentin Johnston. That might be interesting. Uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should figure out a way to get a get a receiver for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on real quick. Just just want to touch on the Austin Eckler stuff real quick. He went on – who was it, Jake? Was it Jake Long's podcast, I think it was? Uh, and he said that he's basically he, – he was pretty open about it and said that he is looking for a long-term deal. He's looking for – you know, he re, he's realizing that the Chargers don't want him in, his, in their long-term plans. Right. And, you know, he's 27 right now, going on 28. So he's getting up there. Now, for a running back, listen, like – you're getting to the you're getting past your apex okay yeah. he's talking about he's in his prime and i would probably agree with him because the last two seasons have been nothing short but miraculous right yeah. um so he might he might be a he was already an anomaly but let's be honest number 1 his size number 2 lack of draft draft capital mm-hmm. uh you know what i'm saying number 3 you know being a goal line back in his size like he everything is just like you know, he's just a guy who defined all, defied all the odds. But I don't know what the Chargers are going to do here. Um, and I'm not sure that Austin Eckler is going to get what he wants. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get what he wants from a contract perspective or from a usage perspective now. Maybe he wants out because he saw what Kellen Moore did to the running back situation in Dallas. And he wasn't running one. He was running two. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's interesting. Yeah. I think there's going to be a big change. I, I, I do agree with you there. That's a good co- point. And I, and I thought scheme, about that too. The scheme change, you know, he might be looking at this as I'm not going to get my workload anymore. I know what I'm doing. You know, like this could be bad. Like he, for a guy that, like you said, is as old as he is. Not that he's old, but he's getting there. 27, 28, you know. And with the size that he is, you know, the draft capital that you said, for him to still be producing like this at such a freakishly high level, and being a goal line back, it's just like this perfect storm that you're wondering how long it can last. And this coaching change might be the start. It might be the Jenga block that takes it all down. He might see that. He might be like, get me out of here. I'll go be a contributor somewhere else. I think that could definitely be part of it. I agree. I agree. And, you know, it, listen, if I were him, like the way that I'm framing this is I acknowledge the the running backs at age 28 or so acknowledge their downfall right but show why you are not that guy right like show why you are not going to be the guy who falls off the cliff right like if you don't acknowledge it like there's no way that you can address it and i think that's something that needs to be addressed because at this point nfl teams know that once you're at the age of like 28 that's kind of where that's kind of when running backs you know the wheels fall off yep uh, yeah yeah so (laughs) He he he! I can totally understand that he's an anomaly, and he think he he thinks he is, but he has to acknowledge the fact that yes, that is the time where running backs do fall off a cliff, and he needs to prove he needs to show why he, why that's not the case for him. 
So, uh, you know, I love Austin Eckler. You know, he's a big yeah, fantasy football ambassador. So, like, we love the guy. So, we hope he get, he gets his money uh, wherever he goes. I think that's more important than where he lands for fantasy purposes. Uh, but we would love for him to land in a spot that does provide some fantasy football yeah. awesomeness. That would be great. He might be trying to do us a solid by getting out. He might recognize maybe. That this is not maybe, good maybe. for my fantasy stock. <laughs> I need to help these guys out. I, I, hey man, listen, like he probably sees he probably is doing he's probably doing his own fantasy football analysis himself. And he's like, listen, man, with Kellamore coming in, I'm not sure I'm gonna get the same type of opportunity. So I gotta right. get those 20 touchdowns once again. Girl, um, Kellen. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Uh we're going to hit on some dynasty stuff next in the next episode, go over some running backs um, and some more news and all that. So make sure you tune in. We're going to be hitting those rookies pretty hard now moving forward uh, all the way up until the draft. We're going to talk running backs, who should, you should invest in, who could have potential opportunity in year one, um, you know, who we're taking round one, sleepers, all that. Yeah. All right, yep. so make sure you're tuning in for the rest of the offseason. Zach, take it easy, brother. We'll see you guys soon. Later.